at age 47, I got pregnant. <laughs> and now, some scenes from next week's morgue. You can get an abortion now, so just get an abortion. Why not? What's the big deal? Go down to the abortion clinic right now and get one. Abortion's for everyone. Abortion, abortion, and they're just not giving me what I want, mm -hmm. which is an abortion. Of uh, ripping babies from women's wombs these days. How's an 80-year-old getting pregnant? But Yeah, are you sure that you're pregnant or whatever? Why isn't birth control more of a male issue? Give it a rest. The rabbit died. You guys, let's all go to the coast or the woods and just pull our balls out. Here's a stranger. Tell him about the time you had penis surgery. Not right after. It, things are tender. But yeah, after a couple of weeks, you start the ball mashing again. I feel like this episode is making my balls hurt. I that's know, it. Shake hands and Carol, mash balls. This is terrible. That was amazing. Yeah. That was terrible. What the fuck? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Featuring the VIPs of SBTV, Austin G and Dr. DB with our AT&C money. Weird TV is their specialty. It might be all four, just one, two, or three. Cause they're old and kinda busy. So go get ready and take a peek. So set your phasers to download a rarity that we have bestowed. Special moments no one would have showed. Open your body holes cause you're gonna get told Grab yourself a drink and let's unload In a very special episode Uh, so, you know when things are going okay But they're not going that great And you just, you, you, you start a draft and then you just crumple it up Ryan, do you have any scratch paper? <laughs> <laughs> this is good radio. Hold I know, on. I know. It. Thanks. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> you know when things are going okay, and then they're not going okay, and I, I had a really good introduction, but I just decided to just fuck it and just throw it the fuck away. Sometimes you need to do that. That's what life is like. That's what second drafts are all about. So sometimes... You need to have an abortion, especially <laughs> if you're B. Arthur. <laughs> That's all. The end. Good night, everybody. It's been good talking about this. <laughs> Are you comparing abortion to throwing out a rough draft? Uh-huh. And throwing <laughs> out old shoes and garbage. What about like a... Broken pants. In this case, it's like, what if it's like, like a sequel to a really old story? You mean if it's like a podcast update, like a redux? You should yeah. throw that away, too. <laughs> in a necessary follow-up to a podcast that shouldn't happen in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in the trash or recycling. Sort it. Call it a day, baby. Uh, so, welcome to what is a very special episode. Episode 2 of Forever Now. I am your host this evening, Carolyn Maine, And with me, as per usual, we have... I'm proof that not all abortions are successful. Ryan Alexander Tanner. 
He's a fighter. I dodged that hook. <laughs> By that time, wouldn't it have been a better medical procedure the available? Vacuum, I just clung to those walls. <sighs> Couldn't pull you off. Uh, unsuckable. <laughs> His nails were very sharp in the womb, and he just held on to that uterine lining. I already had lining. fingernails. Way to go, buddy. Did you have a full head of hair? Yeah. Great, great. Suck it all out of that womb. <laughs> Get your mileage. Uh, also this evening, we have, resembling a nude prune... <laughs> Try to keep it tasteful, Austin Gordon. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have somebody who enjoys being a pervert at the laundromat and watching delicates spin around. <laughs> well, that's certainly David Bitsonoffer. I thought I'd be the proof that you should have abortions. <laughs> No, we believe in, um, uh, you know, that, that you deserve to live. Yeah. Not oh, especially, but... Even, even with my panty, uh, my dryer panty fetish, I still deserve to live. <laughs> D- David, I have a question for you. Yeah. How many abortions have you right? avoided paying for? Right, I, I don't it's called ghosting, Ryan. Yeah, it's called wow. ghosting. I don't think we should actually ask each other how many abortions we've had. No, I'm just asking him specifically just how many David. he's been supposed to okay. pay for and not pulled through on. It's a very specific question. I thought David was good for the money. Yeah, he's a good guy. He'd pay for those abortions. Right. A gentleman always a gentleman does. Always does. <laughs> a gentleman always pays for them. So yeah, in case you haven't inferred tonight, we are reviewing the season one episode nine of Maud, Maud's Dilemma, where we spend a whole lot of time just fucking around, and then we get a little <laughs> real about abortion, like one minute before the end of the fucking episode. I thought it did a better job than that. Are you, you're not feeling it? Um, you know, I was ready to fill it and it had some interesting moments, but really we didn't like have the abortive experience. No. Question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the second episode? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I watched two episodes. I I watched one that was 40 minutes and it seemed like the second one was slightly different. But then there was a whole second episode that I watched too. Yeah, yeah I think no. I saw the same YouTube clip as you, Carolyn, and yeah. I thought I was watching like it previously on, but then it yeah, kept going. Yeah, just kept having like... all of us. Yeah, I think we all. <laughs> and then did you watch? Did you end up having to watch the video that was like a tiny screen and like yeah! an animated flowers falling down yeah! in the background? Yeah, no, when when that was <laughs> happening, it was totally tripping me out. So I said, "Fuck it," and went and dropped a couple of bucks on Amazon to watch right. it on a normal screen. Big oh, baby so did all of us, because uh-huh. we're honest and support media. Sure. Yeah, also on that weird flower video, it was like their voices were high up. The Arthur yeah. sounded normal. Yeah. yeah, no, it was on YouTube, which is, I mean, that's fine. It was just, it had that super annoying falling leaves background, and it was making me trip out. And so, oh, no, so... I got to see both episodes without the falling leaves. Uh, the only uh... problem was the second episode cut out. At like the like the last thirty seconds, so then I had to watch the falling leaves just to see how it ended, just oh, to see if they shit. actually went to the hospital. Did you miss the paintball part? <laughs> <laughs> when Mod was like, "Are those guns filled with paint?" And I was like, "What is she talking about?" There were stem cells. It was research. So, Carol. Was a- because I had never seen, I'd actually had never watched an episode of Mod before. Me I knew about either. it. Oh, really? Yeah. Has anyone seen Mod before? I awesome. have not. 
I had not. This was my first oh. episode, yeah. My money was on Austin for that one. Yeah. I was going to ask what's the basic... I mean, I sort of pieced it together over the two episodes, yeah. but I didn't know what the context of the show so, was. So, I have some context for you. Maud came out after B. Arthur was on an episode of All in the Family okay. as an especially feminist sister or cousin of Edith to bother Archie. Cousin, yeah. She cousin. was Edith's, Edith Bunker's cousin. Okay. Yeah. And, and then, she, was on, she was on two episodes of All in the Family before mm-hmm. they spun her off to this. Yeah, everyone was like, who is that woman? Let's make her a star. She's gold. And she was 50 years old when she, mm-hmm. like, made it, which is interesting. Hmm. Uh, also, so, like, she ends up, the mod is generally pretty feminist, yeah. and she was a very feminist character on All in the Family, right. but behind the scenes, when B. Arthur's been interviewed, she says she does not consider herself a feminist or oh. even a liberal. Whoa, interesting. Right? But does she, is that like one of those, <laughs> does she still have the same beliefs as Maude, or is it that she actually doesn't like believe in what? Well, it sounds like she's kind of a conservative, so you know what we hmm. think about those people. She's dead, right? <laughs> well, yeah, she dead. was kind she of a conservative. Gotta yeah. be dead by now. Oh, no, yeah, she died a few years ago. Yeah, she didn't, like, write the show. She just played the character. Conservatives Correct. are only okay. That's what we think. Yeah, um, I'm just curious. Like, some people who have what we consider feminist views will say they don't consider themselves a feminist for whatever reason, whether they don't yeah. like the term or something. Yeah, the... Right. The general idea behind the show, from what I understand, is that she is supposed to be basically the opposite of Archie Bunker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who is sort of blue-collar, conservative, racist, mm-hmm. um, in in a in a fun, your goofy grandpa kind of way, and then she is more upper-class, female, liberal, uh, feminist. And the general idea of the show, I think, is just, like, a tough-talking, no-nonsense woman making her way in the 70s and not taking guff. And well, she, and her right. daughter had a divorce and a son yep, her, and moved in Her daughter her. is divorced and is basically kind of, like, following in her footsteps as a feminist. From what I read, the the guy, Walter, who's her husband in these episodes, is, like, the character's fourth husband. Mm-hmm. Well, they uh, mentioned about that, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I don't think any of the... I think maybe one of the other ones appears in the course of the series. And then uh, our old buddy Conrad Bain yeah! from Different yeah. Strokes is is on hand as the Republican doctor neighbor next door. Yeah, yeah. So I think we have to always do episodes with Conrad, Conrad Bain. Yeah. <laughs> our continuing thread, yeah. And then it's- there's... Uh, it would be really cool if we could, like, keep an actor and move actor to actor yeah. throughout these, but I don't really <laughs> want to constrain us. No, I mean, we're not even going to be great at carrying yeah. the thread. Yeah, we're not going to. No, it'd be fun if, like, so from here we go to an episode that, like, Rue McClallahan is in, yeah. mm-hmm. and then from there an actor that was in something that she was in. But, yeah, that's way too much fucking work. Yeah. But- yeah. The other thing to note uh-huh. was that Rue McCallahan, this is her first episode on Mod. Oh. Yeah. Which seemed odd. Did. Yeah, because it totally seemed like, like, I didn't know exactly who she was and what their relationship, like, her and Maude's relationship was, but I just assumed that's because I was watching, you know, the 10th episode of a series, yeah. and if I had watched the earlier ones, I would have gotten that context, but um, apparently not. This was her first appearance. Oh, she's the one from the Golden Girls, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this is pre-Golden Girls. Yeah. And Austin, I'm pretty sure contextually that these are... 
former or just, you know, uh, lapsed scissor sisters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. They... That's why she's so surprised that she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured she would have been on earlier episodes. She felt like a recurring character that right. had been around. Yeah. Right. The way they slipped Apparently her in, I didn't think that was her first. No, that's what's yeah. funny because had... when I started watching this, I was like, wait, shit, I don't know anything about this show. And I was kind of mm-hmm. piecing it together. And I, I got to deal with those two characters, but it felt very much like I was coming into an established thing. Yeah. Yeah, she is apparently, from what I read, a college friend of Maude, so total scissor sister. Yeah, definitely. See? From when they were experimenting in college. Oh, yeah. And I guess it. by the end of the show's second season, Vivian and Arthur, Conrad Bain's character, get married. Ooh. Oh, interesting. So then they basically become like the Fred and Ethel to Maude and Walter. So is Rue McCallahan the one? Does she die and then he adopts children? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He was a very different character on this, too. I thought that yeah. was admirable, his performance, like how different it was. Yeah, the producers gave him different strokes after this rap. Well, so yeah. then Norman, this is a Norman Lear show. Mm-hmm. Right? He did mm-hmm. All in the Family. And, did and this. who is he? He's like a guy. He's just one of the great uh, TV creators. <laughs> okay. He did these types of shows. Now, I was really impressed by this, actually, this show. Like, it's almost hard to talk about because that was very good. And this is from a period where... I feel like I love this type of sitcom where it feels like a play, kind of. Yeah, like this whole thing is, I, I commented on this to David earlier, like, the multicam sitcom grew out of out of stage plays, mm-hmm. and you mm. really see that here. I mean, this yeah. is basically like, the, the whole first episode, 95% of it takes place on one set. They yeah. briefly go on to, into the kitchen, and that's it. I mean, it's basically like, handing the actors lines and then setting up a camera and just filming them doing their thing. Yeah. And that's very much, you know, that's what the the, the multicams were back then. And, and this I... is also the era of the socially relevant sitcom, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, I'm sure we'll be back in this era Many several times. times, but but that's, that's what Norman Lear kind of brought mm-hmm. to the sitcom world with All in the Family and... And between him and, and the, you know, like the Mary Tyler Moore people, they kind of made the I guess you'd call it the silver age of the modern sitcom. Yeah, James L. Brooks, he kind of, I think, followed yeah. it, that thread of sort of um, a more thoughtful sitcom or a depth of character or, like, thinking about things that are going on or right, sort right. of an unhappiness almost, yeah. too. And you can draw a through line to from that to, like, Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, yeah, that's like, I mean, nowadays the multicam sitcom is fairly denigrated particularly amongst like critics and tv snobs in favor of the the single cam like your mm-hmm. the office and parks and rec and community and all that and part of that is because yeah david as you were saying earlier the, people don't like laugh tracks anymore yeah yeah and that's multi-cams have a laugh track or at least uh uh Simulation. Or the studio audience. Like. Right. Yeah. This mod had that studio audience. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. It does have a different feel. Like a guy would be about to read his lines, Mr. Bain, and then somebody would cough and he would wait for them. And then he would start his line again. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely do think there there is some some artistic merit to the multicam if, mm-hmm. if you do it right. Like it is limited compared to the single cam, but I feel like as in all things, it's it's not all one or the other, but that there's, you know, different different settings and, and formats that are appropriate for different material, and they each have their good and their bad. 
Yeah, no, I really liked this style of show, and I thought, having never watched this show before, I was really impressed by it. Like, it seems like if it had been on more when I was growing up, I probably would have watched it more. Although, probably a show when you're a kid, this is the type of show that looks boring. Mm-hmm. Sure. The, it uh, doesn't have an elf in it, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, there's no <laughs> There's no elf, there's jerks. no hormonally stunted young black child. I mean, what are we supposed to do with this? The other thing, leading into the episode, the thing that really caught me off guard immediately about this is I did not know that Good Times was a spinoff of this show. Oh, yeah? Was that where Mm -hmm. the maid, Mrs. Florida, Yeah, that's Florida. Florida's her first name. She's the mom on Good Times, and that's about her family. Two or three seasons, I think, on this before they spin her off into Good Times. Nice. I had no idea. I've watched a lot of Good Times. Oh, really? <laughs> and I did not know that um, it was a spinoff. That's just like The Jeffersons was another spinoff of All in the Family. Oh, yeah. yeah. All in the Family kind of was this, like, web of shows. Oh, yeah, definitely. We've been through an awful lot together. Oh, a lot. Six husbands, your two, my four. <laughs> right. For 22 years, Vivian, we've been... We've been everything to each other. I mean, there wasn't a confidence that we couldn't share. We've, we've been like sisters, Vivian. Like sisters, Maud. And can I trust you to keep a secret? <laughs> what is it? Don't look at me, Viv. Vivian. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Please pull my leg. So we're in the beginning of a lot of shows here. Mm -hmm. We go, the web spins out. This is a very great second episode. I would also like to point out that this originally aired in November 1973. Mm. And it didn't... 72. 72? Oh, thank you. Yes. November 1972. And it did not draw criticism until it re-aired in 1973 Hmm. after Roe vs. Wade. Oh. So it originally aired before Roe vs. Wade, which is kind of crazy when you think about Mm -hmm. it. Right? Yeah. And they mentioned in the episode how abortion is legal in New York now. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems pretty new to them. I'm Mm -hmm. not exactly sure quite on the books where that came into play. But we are working with a newish thing. And at some point, we'll get to a little backstory on B. Arthur, because before she became an actress, she had an interesting career. But let's dive into the actual special episode. Uh, one one oh, yes. quick, one last little trivia thing that I thought mm-hmm. was kind of fun. Um, the woman who wrote these two episodes, Susan Harris, uh, would go on to create Golden Girls. Yes. Oh. So she obviously had struck up uh, something of a working relationship with B. Arthur and and Rue McCallahan. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We can't quite call Golden Girls a spinoff, but it is no. a no. spiritual sister, mm-hmm. a yeah. scissor sister, sister, if you will. Scissor yeah. sister. Yeah, I think oh, I'm totally. comfortable saying that. Scissor yeah. sister. Yeah. 
That's just like I'd say taxi and cheers are scissor sisters too. Yeah. yeah. Um what is it question? What is it if two guys like open their legs and mash their balls together? No, they don't do that. They have sword fights. Is what that's that's true. It's it's painful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Ball mashers. Ball brothers. Yeah. Shaft mast. <laughs> Shaft mashers. No, they're sword fighters. That's that's, well, everyone that's not that. what I'm talking about, though, Ryan. That's a whole different Well, move. if you had balls, Carol, you understand why no one wants to do that. I, I, I disagree. I'm going to look it up later. I don't want to tell you how to talk about the human body or anything. Thank you. Mashing balls together. Is pleasurable. No, Carol, no. <laughs> man's number one dream. Every man dreams Carol, of Carol, you don't understand. <laughs> So we are in Maud's living room, and Carol, the daughter, the grown daughter of Maud, is hanging out, and her and the maid, Florida, get shit on... The maid kind of shits on her for going by Ms., but we are talking about the concept of Ms., M-S, for the woman's title, mm-hmm. instead of one that denotes whether or not she is married. Well, they really went right into it, how she's like, women, go by this now, and... Um, <laughs> it's almost just, like just a... Uh... Yeah, explanation or I mean, uh-huh. well, it was. Really, I'm trying to say for the audience, you know, they're just like, yeah. by the way, this is a thing. It really set the tone of the show, though. Like immediately, yeah. like yeah. within a minute, I knew what kind of show. I guess that's redundant. Yes. Well, and that's and that's how. And I love that. Uh, then they they get the the alternate perspective from Florida, where she's like. Basically, like that's all well and good, but then as soon as you get married again, you're like, I'm a missus. I'm a missus. Right? Like, like you're just going to be so happy about it? Like, it's basically implying that it's uh, single spinsters who want to be called Ms., but then as soon as they get yeah. married, they want to be Mrs. Basically, that feminists just need a man to set yeah. them straight, yeah, and then they'll shut up. That kind of sets the tone for me for the full episode, because we bring up, like, something that's more... A feminist and progressive, and mm-hmm. then we just kind of all walk about it. Don't you feel like it was the way it was talked about, though? It was pretty well done? Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I think that Carol had a lot of great ideas. I think Carol's yeah. a neat lady. Then I think yeah, that. You would. Right? Carol's Ignite. We power up together. We're all great. There's a lot of Carol's in sitcom. Also, Carol Brady, shout Carol out. Burnett. Carol Burnett. Carol <laughs> Burnett. Very sick, Tommy. But, um, yeah, I think that a lot of the other stuff in the episode ends up being, like, classic sitcom, I'm not going to communicate directly filler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. definitely some of that going on. Plenty. I feel like a lot of the growing out of it, though, was about a communication between a couple and how they both kind of want to consider the other person and how that affects communication. And then I really liked mm-hmm. how it was framed as, like, ultimately, it's Maude's decision. Like, I thought that was very well that done. That was good. Yeah. That was good. I was... I might be jumping ahead. Go ahead. But I was confused at why both of them thought tossing and turning meant they wanted to keep a baby. Yeah, that didn't make <laughs> no sense, dude. <laughs> I'm generally confused by the concept of tossing and turning, but that's just because I sleep like the dead. Really? Yeah. That's nice. My dude, he has a whole side of the bed for his thrashing. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure my wife would tell you that I toss and turn a fair amount. I'm just not aware of it. I go to sleep, and the next thing I know, I'm awake, and it's time to get up. Austin, you're God's perfect boy. It's true. (laughs) He's all things to all women. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and so Vivian, who is Rue, 
Ma, ma, ca, ma what is her name? Room That's fine. Ha, Austin. <laughs> Which one is she? Rose. Yeah, Rose no. shows up. Yeah, she's she's no, um, she's not Rose. She's, she's Dorothy. No, damn it. Let's be Arthur. I always fuck up the names. <laughs> she's Blanche. Blanche. Yeah. Let's just call her Rose for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Rose is is uh, Betty White. Right. Yeah. Oh, so then Betty White shows up. <laughs> and she's like, get that abortion. <laughs> Blanche Dressing shows up, <laughs> and she's like, what's up? And Maud comes in. And so everybody's kind of talking amongst themselves, and it's nice. You know, we're already passing the Betchadel test. Hey, mm-hmm. that's a first. Yeah. And yeah, then Maud comes in, and she just starts fucking hitting herself. Yeah. That's not cool. <laughs> I do that to myself every once in a while, you know. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I guess, too, like, the style of theatrics of this was really... I don't know. There was a real nostalgia. For some reason, I grew up watching, like, a lot of shows from the 60s and 70s. The tone of it... I don't know. I like these sitcoms that are, like, kind of sad, have, like, a sadness to them. Yeah. I felt with this one there were that most of the jokes when they cued the laugh track was, again, wildly inappropriate. Hmm. (laughs) I ended up sympathizing with the character of Maude and... I think I'm the only one who would do that because all the other characters take any excuses to shit on her for being a knocked up old prune. Basically. Well, yeah, I mean, to to your point, her like one of her early lines in this episode is when she announces that she's pregnant, and like it just gets this huge uproarious laugh from the studio audience, and I'm like, I mean, I guess maybe a chuckle because they've kind of been building to it, but I don't think it's that big of a joke, people. That was one where I felt like maybe there was more context outside of the four minutes I'd seen to kind of... The context is that she's old. <laughs> no, I you, got it eventually. You thought you thought maybe that was her catchphrase? Like, <laughs> what you talking about, Willis? I'm pregnant! That's my <laughs> catchphrase. That's going to be my new catchphrase for, the, for the, our series. I'm pregnant. Nice. <laughs> no, but I just, I guess, um, there's just sort of like a, cin- it, it told me something about the tone of the show and the audience, I think, though. You know, like, yeah. I think if you watch an episode of All in the Family on its own out of context, a lot of stuff, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like, I felt like it had something to do with understanding the tone of the series, like that reaction. Yeah. It didn't feel so much inappropriate to me as, like, specific to a certain line of thought or something. It felt wildly inappropriate to me. Well, if you're ever pregnant, I'm going to laugh like that. You better not. Well, I won't tell you. That's the other thing is that well, eventually, when I'm lactating (laughs) all over this microphone. Yeah, where'd that come from? No, don't (laughs) worry about it. That's what it sounds like, right, Austin? Exactly. It's totally what it sounds like. Milk makes fart noise. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other thing is that uh, B ends up sharing that with the room full of these already three people. We've got Carol and Vivian and Florida. And they they all fucking know now, and they all chiming in opinions. And the only opinion we need to know is Carol, the voice of reason, who talks about legal abortion, the sweetest law in the books, baby. Well, and she says that it's legal now, mm-hmm. but we never know what it is. Right. I mean, we do eventually, yeah. but they dance around it for a, for a good long while. And they dance around it at the end. Yeah, we can kind of only say the A word. <laughs> And later on, when Carol says that abortion isn't a dirty word anymore, it's like, well, then why have you been avoiding it? Well, there might have even been, like, regulations, like, network regulations where they can only say it four times or something. Sure, it could I, be. I, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Yeah, I wonder. Um, so when when mm-hmm. Carol is giving 
Maud crap about being like, she's, you know, are you sure that you're pregnant or whatever? And Maud is basically like, give it a rest. The rabbit died. Yes. I looked this up. Did you? I did too. Because I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what the fuck are you yeah. talking about? What I had to look it up too. Fuck. Ryan, are you the only one who doesn't know? T- please tell okay, me. Okay. So there's a magician and he puts a <laughs> rabbit in a lady's vagina. <laughs> and if it dies, pregnant. So that's what happened at the gynecologist? <laughs> uh-huh. So she killed a rabbit with her <laughs> vagina. Open. Yeah. This is terrible. I had never heard of this before now, and it is frightening. Right? Also, why don't you go ahead? Well, so, hold on. Because okay. what, did that just happen one day and everyone heard about it? Like, what is the no, context it was, of that it was story? how pregnancy tests used to be conducted. Yeah. yeah so strip. The rabbit test, or Friedman test, was an early pregnancy test developed in 1931. What? Yes. And basically, they would take a sample of a woman's urine or blood- and they would put that Wait, on, hold on medically known as pee pee. <laughs> Just to clarify, when you said urine, you meant pee pee. I did mean pee pee. Okay, tell me more. So they take the the woman's pee pee or blood, and they inject it into immature female mice or rabbits. And if the woman is pregnant, that will cause the ovaries of the rabbit to get larger, and that's the that's what tells them that the woman is pregnant. So well, well what it was. Eh. So when they did it to the mice, if the mi- mouse died because of basically like its ovaries would like explode or whatever. Oh my god, not really, right? <laughs> something like that. Oh. If that the mouse died, <laughs> then that meant they were pregnant. But later on, they moved to rabbits, and the rabbits could live through it but you'd have to study the ovaries right and theoretically doctors could investigate without killing the rabbit so the whole rabbit died thing didn't is a misnomer but at the same time doctors are too lazy so they just always kill the rabbit because it's just easier to investigate that way anyway so actually no matter whether you're pregnant or not the rabbit always died Right? Ain't that some shit? Yeah, the the exact (laughs) quote from the Wikipedia article that I read was, while it was possible to do this without killing the rabbit, it was generally deemed not worth the trouble and expense. God, the life of a rabbit. They should make a special episode about that. (laughs) Apparently, again, according to Wikipedia, the term rabbit test was first recorded in 1949 and became a common phrase in the English language. I have never heard of it before, but obviously in 1972... It was common enough that you could just like use it as the as a offhand joke in the opening right. minutes of a sitcom. Yeah. So was it still a thing at this time? Like, is she uh, actually saying that she got the rabbit test? When did it phase uh, out? I'm not certain. Yeah, I'm not certain either. I mean, generally they talk about how they don't have like the same principle is used in modern pregnancy tests, but they don't have to kill animals to to enact yeah. it. Thank but I did God. not see anything indicating when they kind of stopped doing that. This is one of the first times I put a big frowny face in my notes here. So we're not clear then if she's making like a cultural reference or if she's literally saying the rabbit died. Right. I'm pretty sure she means it. I hope that the rabbit died joke died with B. Arthur because what a fucking bummer. To kill, to get a pregnancy test sucks, but to kill a cute animal for it, come on. Yeah, I mean, she's saying it to like, there is no doubt about it. Like, so you 
feel like it has to be a, she actually had the rabbit test done. Huh. Right? And no duh, the rabbit always dies. So they just used <laughs> to have a bunch of rabbits like in the back room at the doctor's yeah, office? Yeah, they weird. seriously did. Wow. Isn't that weird? It's very odd. Freaking our grandparents' generations are some straight up freaks. Yeah, <laughs> here's my question. How uh-huh. do you tell when a rabbit is pregnant? Because it's got bunnies. Little baby bunnies come out. You inject its you inject its pee pee into a human <laughs> ovary and then <laughs> dissect the woman. Oh my god! You guys, I'm inject all of you with my pee pee. <laughs> Let's all pee on someone until we learn some good science. <laughs> good science is peeing on people. <laughs> Question. Uh-huh. In in this scene, when discussing Maud's pregnancy, she mentions that she is forty seven years old. Yes. If you had not been told that number, no. would you have guessed she is <laughs> older or younger than forty seven? She looks about fifty, which is what she is. Yep. <laughs> I I can't yeah. not see her as a golden girl, so in yeah. my mind she was eighty at the time, and I'm like, how's an eighty year old getting pregnant? But and you really don't see many old women on tv and you don't yeah. see women who um are on that age like women get roles when they're 20 and then maybe yeah. you get a helen miram when you're 60 but you don't see like 40 or 50 or 60 very much and she does have gray hair yeah she doesn't dye her hair i think is probably the biggest thing. yeah and that's i mean there's definitely something to be said for she sticks out just by virtue of the fact that you rarely see older women on TV, which I'm not advocating that. No, I think the reason we thought she was older than 47 is because we've never seen an older woman on TV before. (laughs) Unless they're really old, and that's what it's about. Right. Except Judge uh, Judy, but she wasn't born yet. She was still in a rabbit's ovary. In the 70s? Yeah, she was born. She had been born. (laughs) B. Arthur was... 50 exactly when this aired. Wow, it's oh. almost like I already heard that from Kara. Happy birthday, B. Oh, I thought Carol was saying she was looked 50 to her. Uh, and she was 50 when she made it, which, yeah, when this aired. Yeah, you're tightening it. That's good. Uh, so, yeah, all this is going on. The rabbit died. Q laugh. Arthur shows up. <laughs> Q right? laugh. It was a yeah, big laugh. Conrad Bain. Right? He just and laughs Carol. in her face. Really? Like, yeah. Demonstratively, too. Yeah, she opens the door and he laughs at her face like, oh my god, right? If I was pregnant and considering an abortion, my weird drunk neighbor showing up <laughs> and laughing in my face would not be okay. This is where they lose a lot of progressive points for me because 
her pregnancy is just a punchline to these people and straight up no one gives a fuck about her well-being for a long time here yeah so arthur shows up and they're playing cards and they're all talking about fucking pregnancy and how did she get pregnant and yeah why doesn't walter pull out you guys yeah why isn't birth control more of a male issue yeah well she like they go through that and then they say, like, you know, well, what kind of birth control? She doesn't use the pill because it gives her migraines, which is is what it is. Uh, but then she says, like, oh, she's just using an ancient way. And they don't explain what she was actually, <laughs> what they were using for her birth. Like, is there I some ancient, ancient form of birth control? It's like the that rabbit test. Know? It's before, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the wheel, and you roll it on the guy's balls when he's about to come. You just use uh, a pepper grinder. Is it pulling out? Was she it. just saying they weren't using it at all? Which, I feel like that's on them at that point, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I took think... it to mean that they were using the patented Catholic-approved method of rhythm method. Which is Which like I... that game Donkey Congo, right? Mm-hmm. You have to hit the drums at the right. Yeah. 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 It's just like or, that. That's or, why you don't have Or was it the you. hot tub method? Did <laughs> they you... only do it in hot tubs? Uh, I seriously read like some kind of method online where you microwave hot water and stick your balls in it. Huh. You like nuke your sperm. You don't have to microwave the water, but you do have to like sear your balls. Just Girl, I feel it. like this episode <laughs> is making my balls hurt. Yeah. You keep talking about doing terrible things to balls. I, I guess that's how pregnancy makes me feel. Austin, <laughs> I wish we talked about our balls with each other more. Yeah, why don't you guys take a moment? <laughs> what do you want to say about your balls, Austin? Well, I want Carol to stop mashing them against other balls and dipping them in hot water. Yeah. Boring. Carol, could you stop? No. Carol, could you stop? I could, but I will not. So this is before ever... condoms were like a big thing, too. Yes. Yeah, Wait, David, what's your question? Have you ever thought about it? This was for Ryan and Austin, actually. Okay, so. I'll sit this one out. Yeah, Carol, yeah, stop that's talking right. like you got balls. Yeah. You don't. Have you ever thought about the fact that, like, your balls are like one of the things that have almost, on very rare occasion, touched fresh air in any real sense. What? You mean how you never get a takeout where the sun doesn't shine? Yeah, like you n- it never gets the sun. It never, you never gets... get like in the morning. You get the breeze that's going. <laughs> well, in your house you do, but not like Yeah, no, that's a good outside. point. Like, that's a like, really good point. David. That is. <laughs> David, you kind of like... I feel like this is like a one-hand clapping moment. Yeah. <laughs> Just like zen or, awakening. Or one ball clapping. Yeah. You guys, let's all go to the coast or the woods and just pull our balls Yeah, out. I mean, because yeah. even when you're, like, walking mm-hmm. around your house mm-hmm. naked, you're still, like, inside. Like, it's not yeah. out in the fresh air and sunshine. There's, like, a soak pool in Portland that has public nudity in, like, a chill way. Yeah. And there are saunas. And, yeah, there's, like, camping in the summer. I've seen a lot of my yeah. good friend's balls. Well, and I'm not saying some there's... nudie beaches in town. Yeah, too. totally. You guys come to our neck of the woods. We'll get your turkey necks well, you can out air of those the balls. Boy, yeah. nothing <laughs> sounds more enticing than like hanging out on a naked beach on a cold, gray Oregon day. <laughs> in the summer, it's cool. There's like a nude spot right nearby. The nude beach is pretty obnoxious because weird old dudes 
love right, it. Right. And they try to walk where their balls are right in front of your face. Yeah. It's Ryan, true. is that is that nearby nude beach just like the quad at your apartment complex uh-huh. where you go out there in, yeah. in, during the day? It's uh I make a sandbox in my parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I assemble it every summer. Yeah, come to the nude beach, guys. I, I no, should I... have been so insensitive, though, because I realize that it, women have lady parts that probably most of them never get the fresh air either. So Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's true for both genders. There's yeah. we, we need more, like, naked walking around is what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah, if you have your own backyard, you know, you can always have yourself a private time true. of your privates. Uh, Ryan, Ryan, to your earlier question about condoms. Yeah, because condoms mm-hmm. didn't get big till the whole till AIDS was a AIDS. big concern. Yeah, because con- I mean, condoms are certainly around. Condoms were created mm-hmm. by like the Navy to keep yeah. their sailors from getting STDs when right. they pulled in the port. Ding ding ding, Austin! You just said the magic word STDs. That well, brings me back in a, the, the ultimate STD, yeah. STD right? That. <laughs> Brings me segue back into B. Arthur's past. Let's talk about when she was in the Marines and she what? got, yep, she got a misconduct report for having a venereal disease. What? Which one? It didn't say. Oh. I don't know. I could have searched in the files yeah, really more like deeply. I kind yeah. of fucking love the fact that B. Arthur was a Marine. Right? Yeah. She was doing t- truck diving. Truck driving. <laughs> I'm going to say, we will send a signed picture of B. Arthur to the first listener who can tell us what venereal disease she had. Yeah. What's our email address? Uh, a very special podcast at gmail.com. We'll we'll send you a B. Arthur picture. We'll and get when you it say a, a signed B. Arthur picture, you mean it's a picture of B. Arthur and the four of us have signed it? Yeah. I'm not sure. We can just write B. Arthur. <laughs> B-E-E. It'll, it'll, I'm going to make that a loose, possibly a loose interpretation of what a signed B. Arthur picture is. <laughs> it's fine. But, but you'll get it if you can tell us. Just right? one person. Just the first one. So, first so what do we give to the person who gave her a venereal disease? <laughs> uh, you think they're still alive? Because we'll give them a goddamn parade. You know what? I think they got theirs. <laughs> I want a parade for giving me Arthur a venereal disease. I'm sure they're dead. Well, she was also a truck driver. She was a typist and a rumored spy. Whoa. And it said on her admissions form that she would probably be a good army person provided she got to have her way most of the time. Hmm. So that tells you a little bit about B and what yeah. her deal is. No, seriously, you guys, B. Arthur is a fucking boss. Right? Yeah. Uh, she also, so she's not liberal, right? And she did have one kind of racist thing that she said about her co-star. Uh, this is concerning her co-star, Florida, whose name I have written down somewhere. It's the JJ's mom. Yeah, Esther <laughs> yeah, Roll. Mm-hmm. Esther Roll. She said of her co-star when interviewed that she is a black actress and all that comes with it. So she meant that in a shady way, presumably. That's B. Arthur for you. So, so B. Arthur. I was going to make a yeah. roll joke, but this isn't Saved by the Bell reviewed anymore. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't wait till we can incorporate rolls in again. Yeah. <laughs> when are we going to get that sweet fucking yeasty mound? So, guys, if I can just say, we're at like uh-huh. 40 minutes and we're about five minutes into 40 minutes of stuff. That's not true. <laughs> um,. I will say, Carol, uh-huh. to to counter your she was conservative and kind of racist point, 
uh, that in her will, she left $300,000 to New York's Alley Forney Center, an organization supporting homeless, lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender youths. Whoa, good for her. And she was so, also an animal activist, too, wasn't she? So I guess my point is just that not everybody fits into neatly into one category or another. That's and, true. And you got to take generations yeah. into account. So she's yeah. probably, she may have been progressive for her time, but just not. But then she sees people acting really wild and it gets a little much for her, you know. Sure, yeah. Well, I would say that a lot of people could be easily categorized. And then there's Maud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what does the theme song say? And then there's Maud. Then there's Maud. It's basically like, Joan of Arc did this and other famous <laughs> ladies. And then there's Maud. <laughs> I didn't see the uh, opening. It wasn't on the video. You had to special. Yeah, you had, you had to pony up that cool buck ninety nine on Amazon <laughs> to get the. There are millions over here, lording it around. <laughs> uh, which uh, note of trivia? The theme song was co-written by David Grusin, who did the music for The Goonies. Oh, did he write Cindy Lauper's song with her? I don't think so. That song rules. It does. And then there's Maud. And then there's Maud. Look, if he didn't want the baby, he would tell me. But if he did want the baby, which he does, he wouldn't even mention it because he wouldn't want to influence me. Look, Mrs. Finley, if he ain't out of that tub yet, he is going to look like a prune. <laughs> a bunch of debates everyone's chiming in on what Maude should do or just laughing in her old face about her being knocked up <laughs> and finally her husband comes home and his name is Walter mm-hmm. and she tells him while he's eating chicken he which her chicken for like 20 minutes yeah which you'll sympathize <laughs> with Ryan he chokes on the bone well, and wait. no one gives uh, a shit I'll never choke on a bone <laughs> swallow it down when David comes over you're gonna be choking on that bone <laughs> if he airs his nuts out first I will <laughs> yeah, air them shits out, please. Well, before all that, he comes in because he has, quote, exciting news, and of course it's a joke, and it's that he's into Japanese appliances, and I had no idea, I don't even know what that meant. Though. What Do you that? think he means the Hitachi wand? Because that would actually be a great investment. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, when I know, when I, I was, so. after watching the episodes, when I was looking up, like, what mod was all about and whatnot, he is apparently the owner of a fern of a like appliance store and so the joke about like he's into the japanese appliances is that he's getting you know like some high-tech yeah. new japanese gizmos in his shop oh because i wasn't there a joke later where they're like none of this would have happened if we bought that hitachi wand <laughs> yeah, and then but then he chokes on that chicken after hearing the news choking the chicken uh, and <laughs> And then they give him bread to fix it, and I was very confused by that. That was very that. odd, yeah. I looked that up, too, because I was like, get some bread? What is that all about? <laughs> Apparently, keep in mind, this is before the Heimlich Maneuver. Oh. 
There was really a, God, now, it's hard to even think there was a time before. Yeah, what a barbaric world. Wait, why didn't they just Google it? What to do? Yeah, exactly. I know. Here, eat some bread. Why did they take out their smartphone and look up what to do when choking? And then they would have seen the Yahoo Answers page about how giving someone bread really isn't a great idea. I mean, I guess this was the 70s, so they would have to ask Jeeves. Uh, it's not good to give someone bread. <laughs> Well, what's confusing to me is, and I, I guess it depends on how things, like, if you eat something and it's just kind of lodged in there, maybe eating more food would get it out. But okay. choking is when it goes down the wrong pipe, because you kind of have, like, your food pipe and your air pipe. And the poop pipe. And if the food goes into the, well, that's later in the whole uh, <laughs> cycle. But uh, But if the food goes into the air pipe, that's when you start choking, because you can't breathe anymore. And, of course, the Heimlich Maneuver kind of shoots it out of there. And although I hear you're not supposed to do that anymore, I don't know. But I'm like, well, if you eat bread, that's probably just going to go down the food pipe. And if it goes down the air pipe, that's still not good. I didn't get it at all. Yeah, the general, from what I read, I mean, nowadays it's more or less considered kind of an old wives' tale. Mm-hmm. But the idea at the time was if you get something stuck in your throat, eat some bread because the bread will help push it down. And it was apparently spe- originally... Come, they came up with it as a means of pushing down like a fish bone yeah wow. and that like the sponginess of the bread helped it like latch onto the fish bone but because it was bread it wouldn't like rip up your food tube the way a mm-hmm. fish bone would <laughs> and so it kind of helped work things through also you can use bread as a contraceptive not yeah. a good one but you can <laughs> just fuck some bread also, if you oh, I thought you meant to shove it in there and then fuck it. Yeah, you can do both. <laughs> if you get a nice roll, or if you don't have a partner, just fuck bread. Or just fuck bread, yeah. Also, what if you if get you the bread you... pregnant, though? Yeah, then you're fucked. Then you have to raise it, or at least pay for half of it's <laughs> a bread shin. <laughs> you have to pay for it to go to college. <laughs> um, also, if you inject your PP into a piece of bread, you can find out if you're pregnant or not. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> why I'm always putting my pee into all the loaves. <laughs> Just in case. I'm blocked from a lot of stores, but it hasn't stopped my spirit. And so then, uh, so after Walter's mm-hmm. done choking, he goes over to the very swank bar in their living room. Oh, is that in their living? No. Yeah, no, it's, you're it's thinking of a different place. Right, the second bar. Okay. Yeah, I know, just a little like at their, you know, at their house in the living room. And he makes himself a drink, and then Maude says, Make me a double. I'm drinking for two. Yeah. And it isn't even a joke. It's just like, make me a double. I'm drinking for no, two. No, I guess there's a lot of weird dated stuff. This is why I'm so agnostic about everything. Because like, if you look at any era, just the things people do casually that are later proven to be so wrong. Yeah. And this is one of them where she's just like drinking. Yeah, she's having a drink. Yeah, they even they even kind of speak to that in the second episode where she asks her daughter like, "Is I forget is black coffee good or bad for the baby?" And I'm like, "Fuck coffee! You just had a double in the previous episode." <laughs> right? Yeah. Did we know about fetal alcohol syndrome yet, or was that I discovered so. later after all these? Boomers? I can tell you, it's. As far as I know, and my mom's a smart woman, that kind of came after I was born. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Boy, how, it explains so much. How much drinking did your mom do when she was pregnant all, with you, David? All I know is she said she was, like, pretty drunk the night before I was born. <laughs> oh. Well, that's cool. You're already done cooking by that Yeah, point. I know. And, yeah, that's actually true. Like, it, not to advocate, but 
the the worst part is like while you're still developing right right early game and you can drink some but just don't drink enough to have a lot of fun is basically the rules yeah right it's my understanding yeah Yeah, and just wait till late like i think there's just a lot of unknowns of exactly when and i think part of it's just you you're never quite positive when you got pregnant usually you know but yeah so Maude is pregnant and this is when Carol brings up abortion. Yeah, and Maud yells in her face and tells Carol to go back in the kitchen. Second frowny face. That was amazing. Yeah. That was terrible. What the <laughs> fuck? I wrote it down. It was 21 minutes and 35 seconds into the episode when they actually said the word abortion for the mm. first time. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much the whole first episode. Yeah, more or less. There's like a couple, three minutes left after this. But I think that these shows... They benefit from, like, they create talking points. Yes. So if it's just, like, her daughter's like, yeah, you should get an abortion. And Maud's like, yes, we're progressive women and we have the mm-hmm. right to do that now. The and then it's, there's nothing. Yeah. Sure. So I it, mean, I get it, but. Well, and I think then, it's important maybe it's to. Just the way it was, you know, that you just don't out and say, say abortion at the time, mm-hmm. you know. They were still. Yeah. It was yeah. still a new thing to them, and so you still kind of tiptoe around it, even if you're in the privacy of your own home, because you're talking to your mother, you know? I think I might get a schmushmushman. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's important, too, with... I think it's important, too, with abortion narratives, this being, like, the first one ever on TV, to present the conflict it brings about in people, you Oh, know? so this was before the Muppet Babies did the abortion episode? <laughs> this is what gave birth to the... A Muppet Babies abortion episode. <laughs> That's where the Muppet Babies came from, as they were B. Arthur's aborted children. Now I get, I think of the, I'm thinking of the Muppet Babies now, and how they like go in their closet and they have like stock footage of like Star Wars or something, and <laughs> they go in and it's the mod abortion episode. Yeah. <laughs> or- the scene where she's just sitting there drinking her cocktail, talking about getting an abortion. I'm drinking for two. You know, B. Arthur was in Star Wars. She was yeah. a Star Wars holiday special. The Star oh, Wars yeah. Christmas special. Oh, we should do that one. <laughs> that is a very special episode. Yeah, that will probably do. I take oh, it we're all nerds enough. I've never managed yeah. to sit through it. Oh, so I have. Me. That yeah. makes me better than you. I get You can have that. Her story checks out. <laughs> it's an old one, but it checks out. Well, and Carol, I would say counter to your slapdown of her daughter for suggesting the abortion the the episode ends pretty much with her husband Walter saying, "Whatever you decide is all right with me." Yes. And for 1972, that's pretty damned progressive. Walter's yeah. all right, even if he eats chicken bad, even if he hangs out nude too long. Yeah, I don't like that uh, mustache he's got going on either. But I do kind of miss having never lived in a world where someone could just like remove a fully prepped plate of chicken from the fridge and just sit it down in front of you and you can go to town. Is that not how your life is anymore, Austin? I'm sorry. It's really not. I mean, nowadays you got like Tupperware and you got to heat things up. (laughs) It's just like she's just eating some chicken. Ryan's eating cold chicken right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, I'm sorry. (laughs) In every episode we've ever recorded, Ryan's always eating chicken. Yeah. I've eaten one turkey leg every night we've recorded. <laughs> you learned it from Jesse Consopolis. It's like, that guy knows what's going on. Well, and then we haven't really talked about it, but the, the sort of secondary runner throughout this episode is the idea of the vasectomy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it almost became a PSA on that one and the yeah, next episode. Yeah, right. 
Is there Carol a vasectomy brings... episode of anything? Uh, yes. <laughs> Home improvement, one. I think, added. Really? I'm yeah. sure they handled it with all the subtlety and grace you would expect from home improvement. <laughs> <laughs> My sperm needs more power. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Carol suggests she she sort of makes the point of you know, well, you know, it's it's legal in New York State now. Plus, vasectomies are real happening right now. Yeah, Carol's so cool. And uh, he ends the episode ends with Walter saying, "You know, whatever br, whatever you want, Maud, that's fine with me, and I'll get a vasectomy." Which obviously a vasectomy does them no good now, right? But, uh, he can know. fuck her and come in her all he wants. The damage is done. She's not gonna make another egg. I really liked all the vasectomies. Like Austin, or do you guys ever talk about having another kid? Uh, yeah, we will probably have another kid at some point. And then do you do it tonight? Yeah. <laughs> Please do tonight. Tonight, impregnate your wife. Dude, do it live. Do it on the podcast. Let's record this. Yeah, 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 yeah. The first listener to tell us what STD B. Arthur got will, when we get that email, Austin has to impregnate his wife. Hold, hold that email, folks. But no, do you feel like um, I really think like. I if I after a couple kids I would just get a vasectomy. Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, when I when we're done I'm I have no problem getting a vasectomy. Pretty much Not every, snip snip. <laughs> that's I don't know. And the circle of people I know, that's very common, I guess. Yeah, I mean vasectomy. David and I have some friends. They're done having kids. Yeah. They've gotten vasectomies. Not My a big My brother's deal. done it. My dad did it. Yeah. Do they yeah. still like to mash balls together after? No, the Carol. Activity? No one likes to do well, no, that. I no one ever don't likes it. Carol, not right after. It's things are tender, <laughs> but yeah, after a couple of weeks, you start the ball mashing again. Right. Uh, I also would like to bring up that in real life, right now, they are finally just about to give us that male birth control pill we were promised. Are they? Yeah, sure. I know it's been active in other countries. I hear stuff. it sooner. Yeah, I think you can get it in trials in America. Um... Does it work? It would be my question. Like... Yeah, I mean, shit, if it works, I'd, I'd sign me up. I got it works no, pretty true. good. Well, and there's supposed to be that thing, too, where they just, like, inject a thing and it blocks your vas oh yeah like a like a male iud Uh basically yeah Yeah. and doesn't it self-dissolve too yeah it lasts like a year and then you have to get another one and it's a really simple easy procedure that's what everybody should do david and i are are friends with a guy who in high school always said that what he wished he could do was (laughs) was you know go to a sperm bank and store up like a a shit ton of samples of his sperm So that someday in the future he could have kids, but then while still a teenager, get a vasectomy because then he could just have all the sex that he wanted and not have to worry. That about it. would be a great plot for like an '80s teen movie, just yeah. like that jacking weekend. And the difference between him and David and I uh-huh. is that we could have enacted that plan and still gotten as much sex as we got in high school, <laughs> which was not much at all. Whereas he would have actually gotten a lot more sex. Is he handsome? Yeah, yeah, he's he's the Zach Morris of our group of friends. Let's have him on the podcast. Yeah, handsome works great more, on podcasts. We need some handsome men. Yeah, on this come podcast. on, you guys. <laughs> Let's get handsome. It's a real dog show. <laughs> the the flaw in his plan is that it's incredibly expensive to store your sperm. Yes, that was that was the unspoken flaw in his plan. Uh huh, and it's not fail safe. What if there's a a power outage, and then all your jizz just melts like ice cream. Well, you guys, I got some in my freezer. 
It doesn't cost me nothing. And Carol, I got some in your freezer too. Great. I've been peeing on your bread. Pee-pee in my bread. So the episode ends with uh-huh. a uh, next week on Maud, and they give you scenes from the next episode. And I feel like that didn't happen very often in the 70s. Yeah. Well, what was odd about it was they showed a lot of the scenes too. Right. Like, yeah. They showed like some pivotal scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like quick hits of dialogue. It was yeah. like next week on Maud. Here's six minutes of a yeah. full scene. <laughs> it was quite a bit of it. Gonna... And it shows all her opinions about what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked. Did we talk about it though? How the husband before the episode's over is just like whatever you decide. I'm gonna. Yeah. No, okay. we didn't bring that up at all. I thought that was really important, and it really <laughs> it was. was good to see. That was one of the best moments in the show. It was better when the different strokes guy laughed in her pregnant old face. Yeah, that was yeah, the best That's part. more of what I wanted. <laughs> so they really killed a rabbit? Yeah, they killed Crazy. so many rabbits, dude. I hope they at least made them into coats. Yeah, <laughs> or ate them. Or ate them. both. Yeah, can you still eat a bunny even a if you put pee pee in it? <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, you can. <laughs> What's I bet you dinner? they did. I bet you they just put it into the biohazard bucket and then uh, uh, never. I hate people sometimes. Yeah, me too. Eat your pee pee rabbits. Yeah, at least eat the pee pee rabbit. It could mm-hmm. be a special at the restaurant. Now that's right, Carol. And then that's all. That'll compromise an enterprise and anything but tranquilize right now. Before you swallowed the bone, did you hear what I told you? Is there anything you want to say? If it's true, give me another chicken leg. It's a full pregnancy. They happen all the time, don't they? The tests were positive, Walter. You were kidding, right? We're not kidding, Walter. The rabbit died. I know how he feels. Kill the rabbit. Kill the rabbit. Kill the rabbit. So, yeah, we have a bunch of scenes spoiled for us, but let's go ahead and not do it for the listener. Let's go into episode two. And Florida and Carol are talking shit, and Maude has more bad dreams. And she has a dream that she has a stainless steel umbilical cord. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. also went out on a dream, which was kind of boring, too. That's, That's what I was going to say about this, is that um, I think the writing is strong, and the kind of range of emotions and the inner conflict that Maude goes through and kind of feeling like what she should do versus what she actually wants to do. I thought mm-hmm. that was all very well done. And how she's older, so there's a... Like, her daughter keeps just saying, well, just go get an abortion, what's the big deal? But, you know, for Seriously. her, there's still the stigma attached to it that she's probably having difficulty getting over it. Even if she's kind... Even if she's pro-choice, it still doesn't feel right for her, you know? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, this being an abortion narrative, and again, the first one on TV, that's a really interesting and kind of unexpected premise. Mm-hmm. For the reason to get the abortion, and that yeah. they're old is—I don't think that's ever come up again. Yeah, no, you certainly, yeah. you certainly, in all of the talk of uh, of uh, ripping babies from women's wombs, 
Yikes. I know. Why are you always talking about that, Austin? Come on, Austin. <laughs> You're like, when my wife gets pregnant again, I'm going to rip that baby from her womb. You're like, no, the doctor's going to deliver the baby, Austin. You should remember from last time. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, there there are there are a lot of reasons to give it a consideration, and a lot of those reasons just get lost in the noise. Yeah. 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 We don't do too much of that, and when Maude mentions that she's just shy about going through it and carol mentions that it's because of her era and you do have to imagine what good lord an abortion was like in b arthur's 20s <laughs> probably they use like a horse-drawn carriage and steam <laughs> a coat hanger a ye old coat hanger probably like taffy <laughs> well i'm like to find out you were pregnant they like asked a wizard or something <laughs> i think we should go back to that yeah, yeah. Who slaughtered, like, several goats is my guess at this point. You had to drink a gallon of goat blood. And pee, the goats pee into a pee-pee, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, when Ahmad was saying she was squeamish about it because she had a niggling feeling of guilt, I'm like, you know what that is? That's the patriarchy. Mm. Well, I do think I don't think. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. Well, I think that it was handled really well in terms of her being her choice and stuff, but I do think that gets lost a lot when we talk about abortion things is that even people who get them and or even need them it still like feels shitty to get an abortion yeah. sure but i think that has been talked about the newer narrative that i would like to see more personally is a woman gets an abortion and she's just kind of fucking fine with it like a child did that and that was really nice that was a great movie uh-huh. that was really a great movie mm-hmm. i liked it jenny slade i thought should have been like a superstar after that movie I don't think but she has good well, i definitely now. i mean i definitely yeah. agree that if if mods hang up is i can't get an abortion because what would the neighbors think that's the patriarchy that's yep. that's mm-hmm. her yeah. not you know her that's her being controlled by like society and other people's opinions but at the same time her daughter's just like, well, I mean, you, you can get an abortion now, so just get an abortion. Why not? What's the big deal? Go down to the abortion clinic right now and get one. Abortions for everyone. Buy one, get one. And there's something <laughs> to be said for Maud has every right to make that decision, but mm-hmm. she should be allowed to consider it. It's a decision. Like, she needs to, yeah. it's not an easy thing for her to just be like, well, I guess I'm getting an abortion. I mean, I don't think there's well, anything wrong with her taking some time and considering her options and seeing what she wants to do, which is pretty much what these two episodes are about. And it's a particular circumstance, too. Like, they have the means to have a kid, and they're already married and settled mm-hmm. down and shit. Like, they're not really, they're not too young for it, and they're not, I'm, I'm they're just saying. They're too old. They are. <laughs> And I think that's fair, and I think they made the best decision for themselves or whatever, but I think that when you look at, the, there's a lot of ways you could frame abortion, there's a lot of ways you could frame abortion where it's yeah. obviously the only thing that you could do. Yeah, and, that, it's, and that's almost like the easy way out for a writer, I'll put it that way, or something, when, when not that you can't tell good stories with it, but then it becomes obvious to everybody that just the abortion needs to happen, and so it mm-hmm. becomes... It's. I feel like it's even less of a stand or a statement on abortion than when it's just more of the personal choice that this is what needs to be done because that's what's right for me. Yeah. 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 Your body, your choice, David. Mm-hmm. So Maude is hemming and hawing about whether or not she wants it. And this is where we go into sitcom communication breakdown, TM. Because yeah. she's just like... Well, I think Walter wants it because he couldn't sleep, and Walter thinks she wants it because she couldn't sleep, or something, something. <laughs> yeah. Even blah, though blah, you blah, feel blah. like anybody would come up with the exact opposite conclusion, but... 
Well, I like that. I don't know, man. Maybe I was just raised on this type of writing or something. But I like that, that they're both kind of um, misunderstanding the other ones and that they're both going through a lot of ambivalence and that the scenes mirror each other, that they're both talking about the other one the same way. And they're both trying to do something for the other person. I'm not criticizing all of what you said. I'm just criticizing the idea that somebody tossing and turning means they want to keep the baby. That's all. David, why do you have to criticize everything I say? (laughs) You guys need to come together and mash balls. That's it. Shake hands and mash balls. That's the worst thing we could do. (laughs) It's just angry mashing balls. Like, we like it, but, you know, it's because... It's like a handshake when you're mad at each other, but then, like, by the end of it, you're good friends again. I just think we do this show. We're trying to learn something. And if there, we just have one takeaway this time, it's I want Carol to understand that mashing balls does not it's feel good. It's the best thing it that a man Carol. can do. Carol, another man. I feel like you're not hearing this me. the best thing. You're just respecting I'm my thrashing. autonomy. Thrashing because I like ball mashing. <laughs> <laughs> We're busting some rhymes this week. Rap, 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 attack. Impromptu rap. Uh, no. Uh, so, <laughs> so uh, we ask Florida if she thinks it's a good idea to have a baby. And she says, no. That's yeah, nice. Florida's like anti-children at all, though. That was uh, interesting. She just didn't want any. Which is funny, because when she uh, leaves to be on Good Times, she retires to be like a full-time housewife and mother. Mm. And this is when we get some of B. Arthur's backstory of her character, Maud, to Carol, when she's talking about how when she carried Carol, it was a worse time for her because they were so poor mm-hmm. that she had to go to the laundromat and David Bitsenhofer would be in there <laughs> watching those B. Arthur panties and jacking it right there in the mat. She says it was full of perverts. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's the kind of stuff that you don't even, I don't know, you don't expect on a 70s sitcom, I guess, to right. start talking about perverts jacking it to panties. In a... But then at the same time, you're kind of like, yeah, perverts in a laundromat, that checks out. Yeah, well, yeah. I think, too, this show probably was on at, like, 9 p.m., you know? And I think mm-hmm. there was, like, a type of programming that was for adults. Yeah, yeah. this is definitely adult. And you gotta remember, they didn't have the internet. So, mm-hmm. the twirling old lady panty shows sometimes the best you could get. That's all well, you yeah, get I mean, TV. There's definitely a sense the idea of family programming doesn't really exist quite yet. Especially in, like, 1972. Like, you've got kids programming, and that's on at one time, and then you kind of have adult programming, which is like this, that's on in sort of prime time, but the idea of, like, the family sitcom that, like, children and parents would sit down together and watch. No, I think there were. I think there were, because there's even shows like My Three Sons and Mr. Ed yeah, and I shit that were for the family. I think Mr. it was Did Mr. Ed ever have an abortion? Well, he he caused an abortion was it like an equious <laughs> thing did he fuck a dude and then puncture his colon and he died no, i assumed he just horse kicked someone yeah that's a little easy austin but i, I, <laughs> Sorry, I think he got injected that. with like <laughs> female pregnancy urine and he is over oh. and he died that's no you're probably right Ryan. it's probably more of a time slot thing i think at anything. this time there was really a conscious sense of that because now people just watch tv whenever like yeah, i don't I mean, even some shows i watch faithfully i don't even know when they're actually on right but different. um yeah because you just watch you stream it on something but yeah i think there was really a sense of like oh this you know to from eight to nine eight eight thirty and blah, blah blah the brady bunch comes on at eight and shit Mm-hmm. So to go back to David's point about the horse, I just read kind of one of my favorite behind the scenes sitcom stories ever. We're going all the way back to 
home improvement. They were going to have a horse be on tool time, but the horse kept getting an erection. Aww. So they couldn't use it. And finally, they figured out, like, one of the ladies on their set was menstruating. What? And they oh, got yeah. her to leave. And then the horse lost its boner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 There's some bonus horse lore for diehard fans. Wow. Well, it was like. Have you ever, either you guys had a job where you had got so many boners that you almost didn't get to keep the job? Uh, Every day of my life. <laughs> Eighth grade. <laughs> David calls those weekdays. <laughs> so, back to Mud. We are wondering about the abortion and their perverts with panties. And this is just when it's getting hot because Florida wants to use the bath, but Walter's in it. <laughs> Becoming a nudie pruny man. This is yeah, a she, weird... she wants to get up there and clean the clean the tub. But oh, he's okay. I thought it. she wanted a bath. <laughs> no, she's because she's the maid. She wants yeah. to. She, it's like part of her routine. But he's up there soaking in the tub. That's an odd side plot thing. That yeah, sure. I feel like that they needed a few minutes of of just some yucks there. Absolutely, I think so too. Uh, so then Lauren shows up, and she is Maud's very pregnant and fecund Earth Mama neighbor. <laughs> She's just shooting him out, and she just wants to go piss in Maud's toilet too. <laughs> That's an odd. So why would she show up again? I forget. To about. piss in the toilet? Uh, no, she was she was carpooling. She was picking up carol's son for school oh yeah right. the son they, we never we see, see right him. right right he's upstairs going to sleep or or he's a ghost i don't mm-hmm. know well and she's also there to illustrate the point that mod is just not at a point in her life where she wants to deal with fucking kids well, yeah right. I, get, I understand that point i was just wondering narratively why well, she shows up to pee but and again uh, <laughs> well you never just like show up to someone's house to take a big old piss <laughs> a big old <laughs> building shit and leave. <laughs> hey guys how's it going uh by the way so I also I I don't know there was just something so wholly charming to me about this whole thing and like even that you never see the kids but she's yelling at them and the way it's staged like again it really felt like a play and I just I don't know it really appealed was very appealing to it me. was economical for sure Jimmy's honking the car horn and then he like rapes mm. a dog off camera yeah. and he was better heard and not and you can seen just, and you can totally just picture some like gruff teamster stagehand off stage like honking an old car horn and like making all the sound effects and stuff and i think too that's another good example like after you rape a dog is a really appropriate time for, to get an abortion yeah get that dog one too while you're at it <laughs> that's what i mean yeah what's, yeah what's funny and i guess like if a... you raped a dog you would have to get the abortion I... okay. yeah no i get it that, that okay. checks out yeah. well <laughs> Our parts are different. One of the wow. uh, that's why you don't know anything about balls. <laughs> David, <laughs> I'm getting worse. That would be weird if we carried that through our, our podcast. I don't plan like, on stopping anytime. <laughs> well, but then you're just referencing a bad show. Yeah, yeah but we never actually do. do the show on this podcast. We just always reference it. <laughs> Uh, 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 the thing where somebody remade Doom, but with all Tim Allen and <laughs> noises. Doom, the video game. Yeah, it's one. like you're running around, and it's all Ooh. Tim Allen. One picture is all the walls, and all yep. you shoot is Tim Allen. I have seen that. Yeah, it's hypnotic, right? Uh-huh. Did you ever see the? There's a Skyrim mod that turns all the dragons into Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> and every time they breathe fire, you go, oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Now, this has been Video Game Mod yeah, Review. Uh, 
so it was a real sign of the times when she asked, can you keep an eye on my kids? And she says yes, and then immediately turns her back to walk away from the kids in the uh-huh. car. And they yeah. just leave the kids in the car, just say, ah, nothing's going to happen to them. What? Anymore. You can't do that anymore? Shit. Yeah, not really. Boring. Uh, so then Walter is, strolls by in his towel, being a nude prone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says that he's going to go get a little snip snip after a little golf time. Mm-hmm. That's going to be awesome. And B. Arthur, this is where I wrote, what the fuck? It starts thinking about the child and the toddler after Timmy the Hellboy. And she says that she's imagining a strong toddler child who can rip out of the bars of the cradle and escape into the night like an angry Hulk. <laughs> and I just don't think that's practical. Austin, how strong is your toddler? Uh, he can be freakishly strong. Nice. Um, but not rip bars out of the crib strong. Does he ever Hulk out? Oh, yeah, no. totally. Good, 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 Does good. Does he turn green? He doesn't turn green, but yeah. I swear sometimes I think he gets a little bit bigger. <laughs> what makes him the angriest? Well, I mean, in all honesty, he's just at that age where, and I, I mean, like, I feel bad for him because he's uh-huh. at that age where he is old enough to want things, but not old enough to know how to communicate what oh, it is that he yes. wants. Yeah. So he's about as old as B. Arthur yeah. is in this episode. Is so he forty-seven? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what like t- the terrible twos are all about. Is that mm. that balance between? I suddenly know that, like, I don't want to do that. I want to do this now, but I don't know how to tell you that because that's too complex of a thought or an emotion for me to communicate at this point. So I'm just going to scream and yell and stomp my feet and be angry. This sounds a lot like when B. Arthur and her husband couldn't communicate well about whether or not to get the abortion. There were some frightening parallels there. Yeah. Do you think that his wife... Wants an abortion. Yeah, how is his wife? Yeah. And that's well, what he's, if he's so tossing about. and turning, then it means he doesn't <laughs> want the abortion. Yeah. True. Well, True. he just can't yeah. communicate as well as he <laughs> should. And when the country was falling apart, Betsy Ross got it all sold up. There is no earthly reason for you to go through with this at your age. You know it. I know it. Walter knows it. I don't want you to talk about it. I didn't say anything, but now that you mentioned it, it's legal in New York now, isn't it? Of course it is, Walter. Mother, I don't understand your hesitancy. (laughs) Mother, it's ridiculous. My saying this to you, we're free. We finally have the right to decide what we can do with our own body. All right, then. Will you please get yours into the kitchen? I'll tell you this, Maud. Whatever you decide is going to be all right with me. Thank you, Maud. I'll tell you something else, too. To make sure this doesn't happen again, I'm going to have that vasectomy. You really mean that, Maud? Why not? Look, if he didn't want the baby, he would tell me. But if he did want the baby, which he does, he wouldn't even mention it because he wouldn't want to influence me. Well, Mrs. Finley, if he ain't out of that tub yet, he is going to look like a prune. <laughs> what's the... Jimmy, stop honking the horn! Jimmy, stop honking the horn! Look, 
I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to come out there and rip your little heart out. That's a good boy. to a bar to drink just like you do before you're a doctor and you're about to do house calls just like you do before you're about to get some minor ball surgery like they're both like it's a terrible time for both of them to be drinking right and they both have at least two drinks and they're both just chilling the fuck out is that better or worse than when you're a month pregnant (laughs) oh uh better than when you're a month pregnant patriarchy i know that's the patriarchy you guys i say it's worse because i'm progressive thank you Oh, Ryan's getting higher in the points. <laughs> yes. Look, the numbers are all over. I, <laughs> this was one of those odd scenes that I feel like is more of a older sitcom thing where I'm not even Holy. sure what the jokes were in this. They were no. just like talking about baby books. Yeah, they're like, they narrate some baby books and they yeah. drink. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go talk to this other random dildo who yeah, got a yeah. uh, snip snip. He's like, hey, you got a vasectomy. Tell us about it. He's, and like, he's like, hi. I come in my wife so hard. Every Here's night. a stranger. Tell him about the time you had penis surgery. That's what I do at bars. It's okay. in the balls, Austin. In <laughs> yeah, the balls. It's ball surgery. <laughs> and don't don't create a stigma about it, Austin. I think we should all be able to talk about our vasectomies. Yeah. I'm just saying it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a rough icebreaker, is all. And but but I, I aim to change yeah. that, Austin. I'm breaking down some walls. Good, good. Break down those ball walls. <laughs> so, yeah, Mr. Vasectomy says his wife is like a kid again because she wants that creamy Alfredo sauce every night. <laughs> but for some reason, Walter just totally bitches out of his planned surgery after two yeah, drinks. Yeah, just done. You think yeah. the drinks would help him go through with the surgery? Yeah, though, right? Totally. That's what the that's why doctors recommend pre surgery drinks is to yeah. get your nerve up. Well, and it's never clear to me ever at any point why he doesn't go through with the surgery. Because he's a straight up bitch. Oh, that is a good answer. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, Ryan. There's like, is he scared? Is he just doesn't? Is he worried about like the pain? Does he? fear that it would be like lead to a lack of virility like there's lots of roads they can go down but they just kind of have him freak out you never really find out what it is that's making him freak out yeah and then like conrad bain was leaving he just he puts up like the p sign and says v is for vasectomy yeah which is a prequel to v for vendetta (laughs) while let's make sure we're clear here He's on his way out the door to perform some drunken house calls. Yeah, right? he's, he's gonna. Yeah, drunken. And, and he's a, And I'm just like. And then the audience laughs, and I'm like, that wasn't a joke. But I, <laughs> yeah, I felt uh, that way with a lot of these jokes, <laughs> laughing in B. Arthur's old pregnant face. Mm-hmm. So then, wow. uh, so then Walter does that classic sitcom trope of picking up the phone, dialing a number, and saying, "Hello." Name of the place that I'm calling, so if someone was listening to me, they'd know who it is that I just called. <laughs> yeah, he just canceled with the receptionist. He didn't even talk to his doctor. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, uh, reschedule it? Yeah, maybe I'll call back. 
next year. <laughs> like, that's not how you do that joke. It's never. Like, oh, well, yeah, I'll call back never. Because next year is something he might presumably do, right? And yeah. what is their birth control plan in this whole year? <laughs> like, I don't think this is going to be their last abortions kit. Well, saran wrap and rubber bands. Well, yeah, because, uh. Especially because, spoiler alert, his his grand scheme here is to just fake that he had the vasectomy. <laughs> yeah, dude, I am not cool with Walter anymore. Well, so, his wife is pregnant. I guess he's, he's got, got nine months. Good, yeah, yeah where he doesn't, window, but, yeah. you know. Sure. It's not like he can say, hey, baby, maybe we should use a condom, because she's going to say, why? You got a vasectomy, right? Mm-hmm. Just pull out all over her every time. I heard that if you... Well, Jesus Christ, Carol. All um, over. I heard that if you <laughs> keep having unprotected sex after your wife is pregnant, that you'll have, like, a really gigantic <laughs> baby. <laughs> It eats all the sperm and gets too strong. It just keeps making adds to the baby. That's how it works. Keeps absorbing right? the sperm into it. Yeah, it's like a snowball. It has the strength right? of ten. Yeah. Men. That's yeah. how Tim Allen was conceived. That's how Superman got born. <laughs> his dad just wouldn't stop fucking his mom while she was pregnant, and he came out so strong. God, watch out! You don't want your son to be that much stronger than you. Also, Bam Bam. Yeah. Bam, bam. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So named from the bam bamming mm-hmm. that his parents would not cease to do. Barney Rubble just couldn't get enough. He couldn't. He still can't. Have you ever heard of like vasectomies that don't work? You know, like there's. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 And I just feel like that has to be a strain on the marriage in that, like, oh, yeah. you get a vasectomy and then she gets pregnant. And what are you going to think, right? <laughs> right, right. Like, is your. Nah. Oh yeah, did that happen to you, David? I don't want to talk about it. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to our last set piece of the episode, and I gotta say that I get how B. Arthur got pregnant because she's looking all right in her night dress. She is a <laughs> handsome lady. She is, handsome is the right word for B. Arthur. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and she's got like significant bubbles. <laughs> He's got some today's, well, so you, God bless. Do you want to see naked pictures of her? Yeah, sure. Later. Are there? Oh yeah, really? Yeah, it's a real thing. I From do her Eddie youth White, or too, her yeah. age. She's younger than this. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna be googling that later. Okay. I do wonder if she's if if the actress is self conscious about her neck, or if it was just a style thing. Because I'm pretty sure she's wearing. Either like a high collar or a scarf in every scene in both of these episodes. I, I bet you're right. Women get self conscious about their necks. It might just be a style thing. But too. it could, yeah. I mean, like, God knows there's lots of scarves in the 70s, so it could just be like of the times. I don't Why know. Why not both? So, uh, neither B. Arthur nor Walter Cronkite are going to talk to each other yet. So they decide to do a rousing bedroom game of gin rummy. Well, after they're like, normally, if we didn't want to talk, we would just like screw like yeah. rabbits. But Yeah, that was kind of cool. But he doesn't want the baby to get too strong. Like Ryan yeah, said. he doesn't want him to be overpowered and it's, by I mean, it's son. worth pointing out, <laughs> we probably take that for granted now, but it, it was maybe a little risque back then. Just how yeah. like, just how randy the two of them are, and you yeah. even today, you, especially today, you rarely see people even in their like late forties, like they are, having those kind of conversations on TV. That's true. They were considering getting all horned up. They were. They were gonna go at it. Well, yeah, but, but Walter they, like, had can't... to pretend like he still had the. Yeah, I, know, I don't. They... Yeah, 
come on. How do we feel about this little bad. plot line? Very bad. Not cool. He's going to impregnate her as soon as she gets her smushmortion. <laughs> they're going to keep doing it until uh, menopause finally kicks in. I think they, they're they just going to switch to anal sex from now on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a birth control method. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's, it's even putting aside the... Until the sperm crawls from the bite. Putting aside, like, the in-universe moral implications of his I'm going to fake a vasectomy scheme, I feel like it takes a little something away from the episode in that it just seems very, like, stagey and sitcom just the classic, I'm not going to tell my wife that something I was supposed to do I didn't do, and I'm just going to fake it, and everyone will get a big laugh out of it. Right. And, Maybe earlier in the episode, something like that would have worked. But I'm like, let's talk about like the elephant in the room, so to speak, mm-hmm. here. And the issue here is what you're going to do about this kid. And now you're trying to like cram in this sudden subplot about him faking the vasectomy and mining it for laughs. And yeah, yeah, it's just played for laughs. But we all know, as normal functioning adults with reproductive awareness, that if he lied to her about the vasectomy and he's just going to go in. Doing the creamy Alfredo as he likes to, then <laughs> that's very that's very irresponsible, Walter. Yeah, I shouldn't even have to say this. What are you doing? That's not a joke. That's like a bad choice. I think this is just a, a botched attempt at levity. Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh no, it's totally it's it's them again. They're just it's the time they're afraid of going too long without a joke. So this is a way to pepper some jokes into an otherwise serious discussion. Isn't it funny when a man lies to you about having a vasectomy? It's absolutely (laughs) hilarious. When he admits to her that he, like, didn't have the vasectomy, the audience goes nuts. Like, oh, it's hilarious. What's weird is, like, they had that whole bar scene, and it seemed to be, like, the goal of that scene, to me, seemed to be, like, taking some of the stigma off of vasectomies. Like, hey, this is... drinking. Yeah. This might be an option for people, you know, as a form of birth control. But then with him not going through with it, it just seems to undercut it all. Snip, snip. That it's like, oh, it's too unmanly or too scary to get. Yeah. So then it's like, what's the whole point of this whole vasectomy subplot? And just and all of it just for the sake of a couple of lame jokes. Yeah. Right. But somehow, with exactly one minute left in the running time of this two-part episode... Yeah, I kept getting, like, anxious as it was... I was like, mm-hmm. how is this... I thought it, the video was going to cut out. I know, video. yeah. And we're like, abortion, abortion, abortion. And they're just not giving me what I want, mm-hmm. which is an abortion. Well, I, <laughs> I feel like this was... None of it was about procedure... Or what it, uh, the... it was going to be about a vasectomy, but then, yeah, he, he, he ditched <laughs> yeah. it. Well, what I'm saying is that because it ended really before I thought it would or something, you know. Yeah. But one is I think it's baby steps. Like, this is the first time probably abortion was really openly discussed on entertainment television. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably not even on the news very much. But also um, that it was about deciding to get an abortion and it yeah. was not at all about getting an abortion yeah see that just felt like a cop-out to me mm-hmm. if we're gonna do the experience let's like do it but i guess you know we weren't ready for well, what it. did you want you want her like to go yeah i want to see her in the stirrups mm-hmm. i want a close-up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i want a camera close-up well, seriously 
I think like <laughs> ramping up and showing, you know, the emotional side of like going to a clinic or something to yeah. get this done and like being in the waiting room and kind of the effects afterwards, you know, like yeah. how she's feeling. You could explore that. Cause... You could definitely. Like instead of the bar set, why not yeah. splurge for the hospital set? That's where it's emotional and hard. Yeah. That's where I feel like we would have done our characters more service. I do think it's worth pointing out the title of the episode is Maud's Dilemma, not Maud's Abortion. Which is a cop-out. Let's get in there. Well, <laughs> I'd be interested, too, in whether or not, like, this is ever referenced again on the show or anything. Yeah, probably. They yeah, that is, not, yeah, I would ass- to the wiki. Really. Yeah, I would assume that this just never really gets brought up again, which is a mm-hmm. shame, but that's very much a function of its time. Yeah. Which is sure. And when would they bring it up? Well, like, maybe in the next episode could open up. Like, the next episode could be about (laughs) something else entirely, but in, like, the opening of the episode, Carol could ask Maud, you know, how are you feeling since the abortion or something like that? How how is that abortion? Or could she be like, will you take out the trash? Like, you took out the trash of your fetus? Yeah. Or when... Or, or, or like, Florida could be vacuuming and be like, does this remind (laughs) you of anything? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say like Walter could do like fuck up with something and Ma could be like you know remember that time you lied to me about getting a vasectomy <laughs> I had to get two abortions or she uh, could be like here's a bunch of women who didn't have abortions and then there's Maude <laughs> what, there's what a bunch of women who also got abortions and then there's Maude and Come on, Walter. It has nothing to do with virility. Absolutely nothing. Listen, you want to hear it right from the horse's mouth? Harry Lawrence is over there. He had a vasectomy. Harry! Hey, Arthur, please don't embarrass me. Don't worry. I'll be discreet. Hello, Hello, Harry. Harry. Good to see you. How do you like your vasectomy? (laughs) Discreet, Arthur. Very discreet. Walter here is planning to have one, too. Oh, good to you. Tell him about it. You'll really love it, Walter. It takes the worry out of being close. <laughs> Just a little joke. You happy you had it done, then? Happy isn't the word for it. Best thing I ever did. And everything's fine? Fine. Everything's better. Better? Sure. Helps my wife, too. She's like a kid again. The only trouble is she forgets I'm not. <laughs> One more question. I mean, have you thought about that for us? I never wanted to become a father before. Why should I want to become one later on? I don't understand you, Walter. Now, of course, I know what I usually do to take your mind off things, but what can we do now? <laughs> I know what. Listen, honey, would you like a pickle? No, thank you. They probably go better with pregnancies than vasectomies. I think it would be wrong to have a child at our age. Oh, so do I, Walter. Oh, Walter, so do I. We'd make awful terror. Oh, impatient, irascible. Awful. It's just oh, not our time no, of for life. for other people it might be fine, but for us, I, I don't think it would be fair to anybody. Oh, Walter, hold me closely. 
Are you frightened more about the operation? I oh, mean, don't be ridiculous, darling. Why should I be frightened? Were you frightened of the vasectomy? Well, we have something much more important to talk about. What, you finally decided you do want a pickle? <laughs> There's a, I guess we didn't talk about it, that Walter yeah. talked about how he just never wanted to have kids. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably pretty unique for the 70s to have a character who was. Sure. Yep. Yeah, the line, I, wrote, I actually wrote it down. The line that he said was, I love kids, but they don't have to be mine. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, I don't know, again, this is like a good example of like these kinds of shows and why I like them so much. Like shows, I think Cheers is a show like this, too. Where the characters like learn things about each other in different episodes, and it's always yeah. about building on them and kind of understanding facets of the character that you didn't before. I don't know. I always like this kind of writing. And we haven't mentioned the night pickle plot. Surprise! <laughs> night pickle. Mott's like, do you want a pickle at night? And that's supposed to be funny because that's like how eating a pickle is like having a penis and getting a vasectomy. I think it reminded him of his aching penis. <laughs> well, your penis she, shouldn't hurt. It's she not makes, aching penis. So. Yeah, she makes your balls a joke about how like, oh, it must just be pregnancy that makes you want to eat pickles at night. Because, of course, when you're pregnant, you makes you want to eat zany things. And once yeah. again, TV has lied to me because my wife never really went through that phase when she was pregnant. Ooh. Well, she went through a phase of not wanting to eat certain things, though, right? Correct. That was the closest we got, David. Ryan, are you pregnant? Just none of your business. That's true. Good. Your body, your choice. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, they figure it out in the last two seconds that neither of them want children, and they're both old as fuck, and they're going to go get (laughs) a procedure. The Mm -hmm. end. And they seem to be very adamant about talking about how this is right for us for now for uh, you know like sure. yeah, the, the line that he says to her because she's like you know is this the right thing or whatever mm-hmm. and he says for you Maud, for me in the privacy of our own lives you're doing the right thing and that kind of felt like the episode statement final statement yeah. on the matter and I think mm-hmm. that's really great I mean I think yeah. the idea the idea of it's a personal decision between, you know, the woman and in some regards, the, the man in her, in her life, depending on you know where they're at, at that stage. But it's ultimately, it's the woman's decision and it's, it's what matters to her at her point in her life, in the privacy of her life. And it's really not up to anybody else. Yeah. And then he needs to support her and recognize yeah. her decision. Yeah. And I do, mm-hmm. and I do like that he makes a point of saying, you know, for you and for me, in our lives, you're doing the right thing. This is her decision. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. We're, it's not we're doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was great, man. I really um, admired it. I, I mean, and yeah, Carol, you're right. They could have gone further with this. They definitely could have sure. could have done this in a different way. But I mean, for fucking 1972, this is pretty yeah. impressive. Sure, I am critiquing from my place and time. Of course, I want more. But was this yeah. good? Yeah. And if, like, if, if, an ep- if like a sitcom trotted this out nowadays, I'd be a lot more like, you know, 
can we go a little bit further with this? Yeah, yeah. I would love to see Penny get an abortion on the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> but you would want to see it go further because of shows like this. This is yeah. like forging a path. Sure, she's a pioneer, that'd be. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it's worth pointing out that uh, after they, they kind of have that big line and they hug and the audience claps, and that's the end of the episode. They don't come back for any kind of like final act stinger or joke or anything like Mm -hmm. that well i did see a couple like bloopers or maybe that was just (laughs) the video quality actually the whole episode was about a blooper wasn't it she was like like, i think i'm gonna get an abortion (laughs) (laughs) and then like everyone around her just like breaks character and starts laughing they just all start laughing when she's like I don't know if I can carry this baby. <laughs> your face right now. I'm very old. <laughs> this barren womb. <laughs> uh, so Ryan Alexander Tanner. That's me. Uh, when you're not as hideously pregnant uh-huh. as you are right now, yeah. Which part of this episode did you think was very, very special? What part did I think was most yeah, special? Yeah, what's most special about this evening? Um, I think it was after the end when she got the abortion. You liked the part they didn't show? That was my favorite part. You liked the baby no, that I wasn't all born? all the shit where the husband was like... Considerate. It's your choice. And I think that was really modeling like the way that we should handle these things. I yeah. also thought the scene at the beginning of this episode where he's like she's like what do you want and he's like i want what you want and she's like well what is that and he's like well you should know i trust you to know what that is i thought that was really sharp writing Mm -hmm. and i thought it was again about the kind of conflict within making a decision like this and how couples can miscommunicate i thought it was very well done so the whole thing but all of those moments those moments and austin gordon what was a very special part of this episode for you um, well, all of that aside, and and also putting aside that uh, they massively undercut it uh, at the, in that final scene, mm-hmm. um, I did like that they gave Walter the sort of parallel vasectomy narrative for a while, hmm. and just bringing that up as a as a uh, as a corollary, not even a counterpoint, but like a corollary to everything else that was going on. And then it kind of went off the rails for the sake of some cheap laughs. But up until that, I mean, I like that it was there. Are we certain that they didn't do a third part where she goes to the bar before her abortion and then decides not to get it at the last minute? <laughs> I would Hello? Lake Street Abortion Clinic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reschedule that for a year from now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't like your babies when they're like one years old, can you just drop them off at the abortion Austin? office and just drive away yeah austin uh well in, in all seriousness most counties and cities have like up to a certain age you can drop off like kids at hospitals and fire stations and stuff he knows nice. it. He knows. <laughs> just he, he has it on speed pocket, dial yeah. just, just you know keep that in the back and when i think there's like no that is I a re- good public service i think i read an article either in the paper online about some state has that law like up until they're legally an adult and like some parents dropped off like a 17 year old at a hospital <laughs> and were, like he's your responsibility now it's like i know how to get home from here i can drive there <laughs> it's sad yeah. how did you ever get over that david oh <laughs> uh, with m- many many counseling sessions that weren't i didn't 
get to go to. But and a lot of ball smashing between. Yeah, friends. that's what really helped. And video <laughs> games. Video games became my parents. Yeah, I have a new kind of therapy. P.S. Ballsmashing.com. Ball Brothers. Look it up. You're gonna really feel good about your life. Uh, David, what part of this episode was very special for you? Well, I'll disagree with Ryan because I thought some of the non-communication was a bit annoying and mm-hmm. almost lazy writing because it just drawn out some stuff. But uh, I would also, I think I really liked the end, the last minute where they actually really start discussing it between them and come to a conclusion. And I really liked that and I thought it was very effective. For me, Carolyn, the most special parts were the ones that really brought me back into the 70s. Mm. The live studio audience, the times when people coughed in the audience. <laughs> you don't hear that anymore. They bleep that shit. Yeah. The colors. The, the color colors. Palette. Yeah, lots of mustard and brown. Yeah. Also, speaking of the 70s, I didn't like it. I hated it. But it's kind of amazing to learn that the rabbit test was such a fucking thing. Yeah. The, I'm the, still reeling from that. The yeah, casual and copious <laughs> amounts of drinking that were going that was going on throughout yeah. the Sure. Uh, yeah. Drinking for two. <laughs> uh, and also how perverts used to hang out before mm-hmm. the internet. Just watching panties at the laundromat. You really had to, like, get by on less before yeah, you could we've, download I mean, so much. I feel like today's perverts don't know how good they've got it. Exactly. <laughs> David, do you, or do you even know? Uh, I know yeah. I got it pretty good, yeah. All right. All right, all right, all right. D- David's one of the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> He's a progressive perv. That, I would watch that spinoff. <laughs> uh, so, Ryan Alexander Tanner, <laughs> yes. when you aren't too busy trying to be pregnant and mash balls mm-hmm. where do you hang out online oh i have a website it's oh yes very nice.com that's o-h-y-e-s very nice.com where you can see all my artworks it's an art website oh yes very nice comics.tumblr is my tumblr that's more up-to-date artworks um oh yes very nice is also my twitter handle where i tweet occasionally and Instagram, if you want to see what my life looks like a little bit, it's always very nice. Those are all my things. Thank you. Thank you. And Austin Gordon, when you're not studying the science of PP and putting PP into P and peeing on P, where are you online? Uh, well, you can help me catalog the copious amounts of small rodent deaths caused <laughs> by pregnancy tests in previous generations on Twitter at Austin Gordon. And you can read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Austin, how many rodents had to die for Liam to be born? Well, thankfully, by now, we'd progressed to where it was just the simple peeing on a stick. Yeah, but I figured you just killed some just for the You're like, well, I mean, this is, we don't have to kill a rabbit, but it's tradition. <laughs> it's good luck. Yeah, you know, it's how they did it in the old times. I mean, <laughs> stick with tradition. And David, when you're not too busy with your dick in some bread, <laughs> where are you online? Uh, well, I'm always having my dick in bread, so yeah, even <laughs> when he's online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm at the. You know what they say? You can still surf the web with your dick in some bread. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's why it rhymes. Is because yeah. it's true. <laughs> Uh, at Dr. Bits on Twitter, Dr. Spelled Out, and com. 
And I am your host this evening. I'm Carolyn Maine. You may find me at www.carolynmaine.com, Carolyn Maine on Twitter, Carolyn Maine on Tumblr, Carolyn Maine on Facebook, and that is C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. And as for us, we are a very special episode podcast.com, also known as A-V-S-E pod at Twitter. And we are on iTunes as, um, what are we on iTunes, Austin? Search for us, yeah. Yeah, just a a very special episode um, on iTunes. We should be there. Um, This episode should be there, I think. Great, great. And please rate us highly because we're so good now. No one should ever give us a bad review. We're very special now. Rate us highly and listen to us weekly until we are no longer weekly. Speaking of which, what's next episode? What is next? Next episode will be season two, episode 16 of Punky Brewster, Sherry Lifesaver, in which we we will learn about the most dangerous appliance in your kitchen. Um, is it is it an egg beater? You're gonna have to tune in next week to find out. In the, the meantime, way I use it, it is. In the meantime, <laughs> you better stay out of your kitchen because you might just die. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. So for a very special episode podcast, I am reminding you to mash balls with your friends. No, no, or- stop ball bashing. Do no. it, do it a lot. Dude, do, do, it, it. do it, do it. Just do, do it. it. Do it, do it a lot. Do it. Do it. Unsuckable. <laughs> Good science is peeing on people. Oh my god. You guys, I'm going to inject all of you with my pee-pee. <laughs> Fucking boss. <laughs> I had to get two abortions. That wasn't a joke, but alright. I suddenly know that, like, I don't want to do that. I want to do this now, but I don't know how to tell you that because that's too complex of a thought or an emotion for me to communicate at this point so i'm just gonna scream and yell and stomp my feet and be angry pervert jacking it to panties in a oh, this barren womb <laughs> i think they they're just gonna switch to anal sex from now on mashing balls together is pleasurable no carol could you stop no <laughs> carol could you stop i could but i will not no that's right carol Yeah, that was this AVSC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT, or the C Money? What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gone